0: love love's like a road that you travel on when there's one day here and the next day is gone sometimes you bend sometimes you stand sometimes you turn your back to the wind life is a highway i want to ride it all night long. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're back
1: with Ravage Love. Ravage Love. Yeah, girl. And this week's theme is... Ugh. Nasty NASCAR. We say nasty NASCAR with that tone of voice because, friends... It
0: was we nasty. A, it
1: was nasty. We went on a journey this week, and it was nasty and not in the way that we like it. It was not filthy. No. It was just straight up nasty. It,
0: Yeah, It, I am... A year older now um, and wiser, and will never read NASCAR romance again, Julie. Not yeah, happening. well, I mean,
1: I don't blame you at mm-hmm. all because for folks who are uninitiated, and frankly, we were those people until we started this mm-hmm. podcast, um, mm-hmm. there are many, many subgenres of romance, which so we knew so many, mm-hmm. um, but it gets real niche. Which includes a partnership between Harlequin Romance and NASCAR. Literally, there are multiple, there are many, many books about NASCAR in the Harlequin world. And that's intentional. So um, in 2007... They announced an official partnership. So, actually, no, it was late 2006. So, basically, 2006. Um, The book started coming out in 2007. Um, Harlequin and NASCAR did a partnership that initially started with three NASCAR themed books. Um, And then it just kind of went from there. The interest grew. And so now there is like an official partnership between. So, these are not um like you know when you go and you buy like um like a hot wheels and it's clearly pretending to be volkswagen but it's not actually a Volkswagen. <laughs> this is like <laughs> yeah legitimately i don't know what do you call that like official merch kind of for nascar this is
0: this is on purpose is yeah. what you're saying yeah and yeah.
1: it's a partnership between nascar the brand and harlequin the brand yeah. um So booksellers and other publishers, when this was announced in 2007, um, really followed closely because romance accounts for 55% of the mass market fiction sold every year in North America. 55%! Yes! Of the mass market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unreal. And people really, I mean... I, I would absolutely make myself guilty of this prior to the podcast. Like I really did not realize, but then the more you think about it, it's like, yeah, every corner store, every drugstore, store, every grocery store, there's always a rack of yeah. some Harlequin, a Danielle Steele, and then like a Dean Koontz and like kind of maybe a John Grisham or something. But there's a reason why I see them everywhere because <laughs> people are buying them. Um, And so, yeah, they realized that there was a lot of, you know, the Venn diagram of husbands who watch NASCAR and the wives who read romance. So they decided, hey, let's get together. Now, NASCAR is notorious for being a whore that whores itself out to literally any brand. And they're known for, you know, their cars, their uniforms are just plastered in logos. So Mm -hmm. extremely unsurprised. (laughs) Yeah. but yeah, they did all these consultations with NASCAR and Harlequin and they had an official partnership that happened in 20- 2006 and launched in 2007, which is actually what my book was. So my book was one of the like early early kind of first iterations of this partnership. Okay. So that's how we got here, folks. That's why we're reading NASCAR because it's not just two random books we found like deep deep in like a black hole on, you know, the <laughs> Kindle store. Like these are her a real thing that happened. (laughs) So what is your experience with race car, like car racing? Like, did you grow Um, up in a family of NASCAR
0: people? I didn't, but I have, you know, I have a a son and Mm -hmm. what his favorite movie for years was cars. And that was really the first time I ever experienced anything car related. Now, I can handle cars because it's Owen Wilson. He's like, wow, ka-chow. Wow, like the whole movie. <laughs> and it's it's good. It's a fun little movie. And they, they had like a, they had, it's like a trilogy. The second one's really weird. But the third one's actually like this new race car, car driver comes in, like a new race car. And it's a, it's a female race car. And it's great. It's a great series. It's, it teaches like about empathy and teamwork. And all. It's It's a great series. I'm a fan. Now, my mother, you know, my mm-hmm. mother, she's, a bombshell looks identical to Angelica Houston. Very classy. Has given you a fur coat. Like she oh, doesn't yeah. play pure class. Like she, pure class. She's ageless and gorgeous and a bombshell. And back in the um early mid 2000s, my mother was part of a church. I'm not going to say which church, but she was part of a church and live being part of the church. There was an expectation that people, you know, got married and. So my mom did. She married a man that she met in the church. Complete polar opposite of my mother. So my mother, classy, beautiful, like Oscar de la Renta, like, blah, 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 like gorgeous. Oh, yeah,
1: house Here. full of beautiful art and antiques and like, yeah, yeah. just a very
0: sophisticated person. Mm-hmm. Married a man named Mike. <laughs> and Mike, Michelle, came from Gatineau, And he had a mullet and he had a mustache, and he worked on cars, and nice fellow, very nice fellow, Um, but he loved NASCAR, like NASCAR was his life, and I had never watched NASCAR up until that point, but at this, I, I started to like kind of check it out with him, because I lived with him and my mother after they got married, and my son just loved his, his grandpa, like he loved him, and they would spend time together watching car races, which were just cars driving around in circles which i've learned there it's very different from like formula one oh which is yes European stuff um very different um do i care i don't um <laughs> however so my mother bless her heart bless her soul is allergic to the sun like if she couldn't be classier <laughs> enough my mother is allergic <laughs> to the sun um and trying to stand by her man um he took her i want to say to daytona Oh, Um, Daytona 500. I don't know if it was for a honeymoon or anniversary or what, but like got in the Winnebago with the rest of his Quebecois family, drove to a car rink and they parked in the middle and camped there while the cars drove around. So there's my mother with her giant sun hat, like (laughs) Lucille Bluth (laughs) with their martini while these cars drive around in a circle and my stepfather who you know rest in peace um you know he had this just thick thick accent he's probably like hey baby am tu les les camions there they're going so fast they're going so fast and she's like yes michelle they're so fast i don't know yes good for you you know like a vampire so um I, I NASCAR is very funny to me and especially here in Alberta it's it is the nation's pastime here because we are little America here in Alberta and you know if you're not into the rodeo you're into NASCAR um or you're into both so NASCAR is just like everywhere here I couldn't tell you the name of a NASCAR driver I don't all I can tell you is that to, this week I wish I had either read a cars fanfic or. <laughs> A novelization of Talladega Nights. I would have been happier <laughs> with either of those things, um, than what did, you ended up with. Than what I ended up. I, 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 no, mm-mm, no, it was awful. I'm, am no, sorry. No, it's okay.
1: <laughs> so this is the thing. I grew up in a very redneck, you know, hick from the bush kind of stereotypical family, and we did not watch NASCAR. We were very into sports, like very into sports and frankly you know if you were a Canadian sports fan in the early 90s which is really kind of when I came of age it wasn't hard to be a sports fan because we were crushing it at baseball and hockey and eventually basketball and stuff but my family like NASCAR we as poor white people look down (laughs) on people who watch NASCAR (laughs) and so I just always assumed car racing was Yeah, hillbilly camping—you're only turning left the whole time. This sounds boring. Why the fuck would you get into it? Then, when I started at one point, I worked in government, as you do when you come to Ottawa for school. And I made a joke one point. Someone said something about NASCAR, or like, oh, do you watch NASCAR? Oh, that's what it was because I watch UFC, which at the time in the early two thousands, people really thought it was like because it. Really, almost was like bare 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 knuckle brawls, so they kind of were like looking down at me, like, "Oh, you watch New FC? Do you also watch NASCAR?" And I said, "Do I look like someone who has a couch on their front lawn?"
0: Uh And
1: and my (laughs) supervisor, everyone looks at my supervisor, and he's like, "I fucking love NASCAR," and I was like, "Oh no!" no. (laughs) (laughs) Then, so the like fast forward a few years, then I. I started dating someone who all of his friends were super into F1 and to um, racing. And I just fell on those assumptions. It's like, why would you watch someone turn left all day long? I don't understand. Like, it's truly not exciting to watch. And that's where I'm like, no, bitch, that's like NASCAR. There's Indy. There's like F1. There's F2. Um, and F1 is like, literally, these are million dollar vehicles. It's, they, they, fucking go in Singapore and like Monaco and it's classy. And I was like, Oh, and then I started getting into F1 and F1 is amazing. And not just because it's not a classist thing of (laughs) necessarily, but they're actually like, they're driving through streets in Monaco. So there's actual like obstacles. It's not just turning left 5,000 times. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of how the vibe I brought. And I tried to check myself, Renee, I really did. But just like your book, this book was everything <sighs> shitty I expected a NASCAR book to be about. Yeah. So I'm going to launch into it.
0: Please do. Oh, oh no, you can't yet. I have news. <gasps> oh I have romance God. news. Tell me. Okay. So no less than like six people sent me this article. This oh.
1: Week. Okay,
0: perfect. So listeners, you've been heard and you've been seen. <laughs> Here's the title for my favorite article. Spanish bishop resigns to pursue relationship with, quote, satanic tinged erotic fiction author. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Xavier um, who worked for the Catholic Church, he was actually Spain's youngest bishop he, he, in 2010 at 41 years old. He's also an exorcist. What? Big fan of conversion therapy and opponent of abortion, euthanasia, and gay marriage. And according to the avclub.com, he was considered extreme even by the church itself. Oh, damn. So fast forward to now, he's decided to leave the church entirely because he's like, he's pursuing a relationship with psychologist and author of satanic tinged erotic fiction, Sylvia Cabala- Cabalalo okay um yeah and (laughs) so so he's it says here that he's leaving for personal reasons and it came as a surprise um and it was followed by him meeting several times with vatican officials as well as the pope himself basically being like son you you can't um so uh her one of her books which is the better known one is called the hell of gabriel's lust which we're Mm -hmm. obviously gonna read on this show (laughs) and she has a she has a trilogy as well uh that's out but it says here that in a blurb of one of her works um the reader is promised a journey into sadism madness and lust and a struggle between good and evil god and satan with the plot to shake one's values and religious beliefs so she did it listen she did it her work excommunicated a bishop (laughs) That's how spicy Sylvia cabal is. And we're going to get into it. I promise you. Oh my God. I, wowzers. I thought when you read that to me, I was like, oh,
1: they took the story out of context. No, that amazing headline is accurate from beginning to end. Mm. And you know, I live for a story of someone wooing someone away from religion. So Mm -hmm. this is everything I love in this world and absolutely we're gonna get hands on this so thank you listeners for keeping us in the know
0: yeah couldn't do it without you thank you
1: we truly couldn't do it without you we probably could have done nascar without you we're sorry to (laughs) impose this on all of you we promise we both commit to never doing it again because it was awful Mm -hmm. so mine was called almost famous not to be confused with the delightful film starring kate hudson no it was called almost famous by gina wilkins And she's been a best-selling author of 85 romance novels. And her first one came out in 87. So she's been out a long time. She lives in Arkansas. And she's been married since 1972. So that's a beautiful little romance that she is living. Um, The reason why she's part of this, I'm just going to read you her little epilogue in this here book I have. Though our interests vary in many respects, my family has enjoyed many lazy Sunday afternoons together, laughing, talking, and cheering on our favorite NASCAR drivers on the TV in our den. Following NASCAR is something all five of us have in common." So that's why Gina Wilkins is (laughs) on the books. So as I said, uh, the Harlequin and NASCAR partnership started in 2006. This book came out in 2007. So Jake Hinson is a 30-year-old race car driver who is crushing it, is beautiful, is adored by fans, and he really loves his job and has accepted that the fame part is part of it. He's really good at it. He's very charming. Um, But he is currently hiding from the limelight because he was on vacation with a good friend of his. There was a boating accident and his friend died. And he was not at fault, but obviously the paparazzi, the media has been all over him. So he runs away to this cabin just to physically recover from his injuries. So he's broken a leg, uh, but also kind of emotionally recover from what happened. Well, next door to him is a beautiful blonde woman who is renting a cabin next door with her cute little dog, Oliver. And she's kind of bitchy to him at first. And he is used to people recognizing him. He's used to people, because he's beautiful, being really friendly to him. So he's like, oh, I can't say I've ever been rebuffed by, like, a beautiful bombshell before. But, okay, (laughs) i accepted. Well, it turns out it's because she's in hiding, too, Renee. So she says her name is Stacey Carter. But actually, it's Anastasia. And the reason why there is because... Okay, so she got a parking ticket and she did not agree with it. So she went to the courthouse to fight it. And as she was waiting to go and do so, an un like an unhinged man who was there on charges of something flew away, like somehow got away from the cops, stole a gun from one of the guards, shot the guard, and then grabbed her as a hostage. And she just went into like that's my purse i don't know Ian. and she <laughs> she used her black belt in taekwondo to disarm him and the media was all over it and she went viral and then the media f- oh yeah girl oh yeah and then the media figured out that she was the daughter of this politician that basically had a bill clinton-esque type scandal years before so she's Hated the media for many reasons, but one of which was now she was being hunted by the same people who hunted her father. And so she wanted to get the hell away from the limelight, even though some of her friends were like, look, it's, you're the hero in this story. Like, you inspired a lot of people. People love it. And she's like, still, I don't trust the media. I don't like attention. I like my privacy. Mm-hmm. So they both kind of run away to the cottage, but they don't know who each other are. But so they get to know each other and he realizes that her not knowing who he is is kind of refreshing which means he doesn't have to talk about the accident um and then you know typical romance they start to fall for each other they're flirty at one point they steal a little bit of a kiss and then they're at a restaurant and something happens with a fan which i will read to you later but it's a (laughs) fan of stacy Oh, so Jake is all like, oh, this woman's coming over here. You know, that scene in Bridget Jones where the, the people turn to her friend and say, like, excuse me. And he thinks that they're going to compliment him on his music. And they're actually saying, uh, actually, you're stepping on my coat. I don't know. If you remember <laughs> that scene. Yeah. This is all I pictured in this moment is like this beautiful NASCAR driver sitting there at, at like Kelsey's or something in this small town. Just And it's like, oh, a fan's coming. He's like rolling his eyes, getting ready to like smile for a selfie. And this woman actually is like, oh, my God, you're the chick from the news. And then her cover's blown. And she has to tell Jake like, oh, this is why I'm hiding. This is why I'm kind of cagey about being around, like leaving the cabin. And he's like, oh, my goodness. Okay. Like, I had no idea. And then he thinks, oh, I should probably tell her about myself. Um, mm. But then feels like it's just, she just wants to get the hell out of there and go home and forget about what happened. So he's like, okay, not the right time. And he's like, okay, next time I see her, I'm going to tell her the truth about who I am. Well, the next time he goes to see her, she has family in town, including her young nephew, who he walks to the door and the young nephew fucking creams his pants because apparently (laughs) he's a huge NASCAR fan. and she so his cover is blown and at first she's kind of annoyed thinking like why didn't you tell me and then realizes oh if i actually think back he didn't lie to me he just lied by omission he said he was a driver and i assumed a truck driver and then you know all of these kinds of things so then they discover we're falling for each other but i like the my privacy i want to have a quiet life and my career is really important to me and your career is really important to you but you like the travel the glamour the photo shoots the fans stopping you in the street and that's just not going to work for me plus I live in Little Rock Arkansas and you're in North Carolina so they decide I guess we'll have to try long distance for a while because they're only there for a few weeks at their cabin so then they go back to their places and then they try to do long distance and They realize that like, you know, it's, I don't know how we're going to make this work and blah, blah, blah. Then she like connects with another NASCAR driver wife basically and says like, is it doable? Like, are you miserable? And she said, no, but you really do have to be comfortable with the fact that your husband's going to be famous and that people are going to lust after him. And that if you go out, you're going to be snapped by the paparazzi. And so she... Um, goes out to see him. Goes to one of his races. They try to keep it low key, but sure enough, she flies back to her her community, and she's at like a coffee shop. And someone's like, "Oh my god, you're dating Jake! I saw it all over the." And it's 2007, so the wording is the gossip websites on the internet. Uh, Perez (laughs) Hilton, yeah, like just say Perez. We all know you mean Perez. (laughs) Um, so then she's like, "I don't know that I can do this," and then he's like you know, typical romance. Yes, you can. Uh, you know, we'll just come to one weekend. We'll just try to be out as a couple and see how that goes. And she's like, OK, I can't do out as a couple. Can I just come and we keep it low key? And he's like, sure. Then he wins the race and in his excitement announces this is for Stacy. I care about you. I love you so much. I did this for you. And she's like, that's not low key, motherfucker. You don't respect my boundaries. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, is this going to be a plot twist where it goes where I didn't expect it to? no it doesn't he grand gestures her (laughs) and then she ends it and then she decides no fuck it she surprises him at the race and says we can make it work the end was it spicy zero spice were their genitals mentioned not even once there were a couple chaste kisses that was it um it was a little under 300 pages Felt like it could have been over a thousand. I felt like I was reading Game of fucking Thrones up in this bitch. It was so repetitive and like predictable and just cheesy. And I tried really hard, Renee. Yeah. I tried to not just bring those assumptions that would then taint the book, but. I know you did. It wasn't good. And Mm. I know you, trust me. Because it sounds like you
0: had a similar experience. Mm. Yeah. Tell me. Well, here's here's what I think happened when NASCAR approached Harlequin. They're like, listen, ladies. We want to bring NASCAR into the homes of Americans. And we want to make sure that the ladies are getting something out of it. Because we know the NASCAR is sexy. But we need these ladies to know that nascar is sexy now we want you to write stories about the nascar driving heroes and we want them to meet spicy sassy women who can hold their own like race car drivers but not race car drivers you understand now we don't ever want any of our drivers to go down on any of these women because that's disgusting and it would it would mess up their their ability to drive on the road we know this we know that women having orgasms affects a a male driver's ability to stay on the track and drive effectively so you can't have anything sexual in these books you hear like they've just got to be a love story about a woman learning to support her man It doesn't matter how much he pushes or how many boundaries he crosses. That woman needs to give in eventually. Do you understand Harlequin romance? And they're like, how much money? Okay. (laughs) And that's what my book was about. So, my book was called Total Control. Now. Which,
1: in any other week that we've done, I would have thought kinky... Like right away. Like that title to me is kink, but no, yeah. no, no, cause that would be pleasure. And mm-hmm. we don't do that in NASCAR country.
0: There is no female pleasure or ejaculate in NASCAR and there never will be. Um, here's what I have to, okay. I was, I've die I've been dying all week to tell you what the back of this book says.
1: Oh my God. I'm so excited. Okay.
0: okay, I've told so many people, but I, I'm so glad I get to tell you. Okay. So our main characters are Todd and in Indy. That's right indiana like the indy what is it 500 5000 i don't give a god goddamn. but our main character's name is todd and indy wilcox so indy's only one rule never date a driver todd's new rule win a date with indy good thing rules were made to be broken <laughs> now here's what it says about indy which is not even true to the book it says indy wilcox has a bad track record with race car drivers and the skid marks on her heart prove it. Excuse. <laughs> now, listen, we want. <laughs> we need the ladies whose husbands watch NASCAR. We need them to understand that NASCAR drivers also don't wash their asses. And it's perfectly normal. It helps them drive. So we don't want to hear any more whining and complaining and moaning from the wives that their husbands have dirty assholes. Okay? <laughs> That's what this book is about. And if if nothing else set the tone for this book, it's chapter one, Red Flag. Oh, boy. Set the fucking tone for this book. Oh, boy. Mm. Mm. So there's nothing wrong. Okay. Todd Peters is a race car driver, and he's known for being aggressive on the track, not unlike Lightning McQueen in the movie Cars. Um and so he doesn't have a lot of friends, but whatever. He's getting over some heartache because this woman that he liked, Kristen, um, ended up not wanting to be with him because he was shitty, and instead married the team's um, owner, who he was friends with. So he's had a hard time kind of getting over this. Um, so he's he's taking a break before he so start doing races on the tracks, which is what NASCAR is about. Um, when he's like kind of pulling up on his little jet ski into the dock of his McMansion and this woman like fucking storms the dock and she's like listen here Todd Peters and he's like wow she's really beautiful her platinum blonde hair with the red and orange streaks in it and I'm like ugh why are you describing her like that well they're describing her like that because Pamela Britton had the same hairdo I digress Uh, Pamela Britton is the author by the way who wrote my book yeah 21 four-legged animals at home. But we don't need to talk about Pamela. (laughs) Pamela talks (laughs) enough about herself in this book. So she storms the dock and she's like, you're a piece of shit. I can't believe you. And he's like, yeah, what's wrong, lady? Well, it turns out her name is Indy and she works for like a miracle network. Like, you know, like Mm -hmm. kids with terminal illnesses. And Todd has missed two meetings with her miracle child. And she pissed. So she scales the fence at his McMansion to accost him on the dock. And he's like, that doesn't sound like something I do. Have you talked to Jen, my assistant? And she's like, she won't return my call. So he's like, get on my jet ski and we'll talk about this out on the water. So she hops on his jet ski and they drive out to the middle of the water and he calls Jen and he's like, what, what happened? Why didn't I meet this dying kid? And she's like, well, you canceled all your meetings. He's like, okay, well, you can't. Cancel my meetings with dying kids. Like that's a PR nightmare. She's like, I know, but I was trying to, and he's like, whatever. So he says, I'm sorry, Indy. Um, I this is my fault. I'm really sorry. Um, how can I make it up to you and and this miracle kid? And she's like, Well, you had better, you know, come visit him. And he's like, I'll do you one better. I will fly this kid out to one of my races. And she's like, he has terminal cancer and can't travel. And he's like, well, I'll be the judge of that. So he convinces the mother of this boy, whose name's Linda, to fly him um, and his mother out to wherever they're doing a the fucking race in the south of the United States. I don't know. There's a car track. Um, and this kid is like weak. Like he's got some kind of super leukemia. Uh, but he's like Todd Peters only fan because nobody else like Todd Peters. Um and he's just like, this is a dream come true. And he's like, oh, Andy, you have to come with us. And she's like, I actually don't like this guy. He's a trash bag. But since you're a dying child, I guess I'll go with you. Um, and so she does. And then this kid comes, but he has a cold and he's really sick, and so he can't go I don't know to like. <laughs> no, okay. listen, Julie. You can laugh. You can laugh. Okay, just, okay, sorry. There's, so this kid ends up sending. Indy to like events um because he can't go because he's sick. But then his mother, Linda, and the boy whose name is Benjamin, they decide to play matchmaker. They're like, we need to set Indy up with Todd. Indy's job is to grant miracles to children who are dying. And we learn that like she had a nephew who died of cancer. And so she's just, like real invested in these kids. And meanwhile, they're like let's play matchmaker it's like you've got mail it's stupid um (laughs) so they put her in this really slutty dress she goes to this event and she gets like salad dressing on herself and then he's like quick we'll go we'll go to my my trailer so you can wash off and then she's like i can't say salvage this dress linda's gonna be so hurt and then he's like and then i saw it she wasn't wearing a bra and you're like what like what she's a grown-ass woman i'm not wearing a bra right now like i'm I'm like come on so he starts to realize that like oh i really like this bitch but she's just like i want to work and do my job and i don't i'm not into you and the back says she has she has a bad track record with race car drivers but she doesn't she was a sports broadcaster and she dated a bad football player like that she has no history with race car drivers i don't know why they put that they bamboozled me i wanted <laughs> i wanted to know that like what's what's that one race car driver lance armstrong who went to the moon like i don't know <laughs> no, <my God. laughs> what the fuck are you talking about elon uh, musk made cars like he elon didn't drive them. <laughs> No, like isn't there a lance a uh, lance there's Lance. Driver? <laughs> no, he, Lance Armstrong I know. <laughs> rides because
1: he drove a All bike right. and then fucking um something
0: Armstrong went to space that's like no, three stories no could... <laughs> there's isn't there a race car driver called Lance like in real life NASCAR I, no like Lance Dale- no, Dale Earnhardt is who oh, most yeah, people know. Yeah, that's not how Lance who I was Armstrong. thinking of, and I don't know why I went there. I was. why did they go to space in your story? Because in my mind, I was thinking Neil Armstrong. That's what I, Anyway. You
1: confused Neil Armstrong <laughs> with Lance Armstrong. I didn't. who you meant was Dale
0: Earnhardt. This is not what I <laughs> okay can i get on with this story please absolutely i'm not I'm wearing sorry. a bra right now and there are nascar drivers on my lawn so listen Oh, okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> wow oh <laughs> not stupid oh i'm not i'm not saying you're
1: stupid at all Uh, i just was like i'm trying to play your game of associations but it's
0: not we got there though we got
1: there fucking percent we did because we finished each other's sentences
0: so carry on Um, there is a an imaginary race car driver called lance in this so whatever okay um so where was i salad dressing no bra okay so (laughs) She's just, like, not into it, but he's just, like, I can't resist you, and I love a challenge. And she's, like, please don't try and kiss me. Please don't touch me. Please don't come anywhere near me. I'm not into you. I think you're trash. I can't get over that you, like, dissed my kid. Like, don't. And he's, like, but I'm gonna. And he, like, grabs her head all the time. She's, like, don't fucking touch me. But he's, like, I'm gonna keep doing it. And that's the whole entire book. Now, the side story is that he really gets connected to Benjamin. And he realizes, like, oh, my God, like, I actually have been an asshole I, and I have all of this privilege and this money and these means and I can help children. I can help these children who are like fighting for their lives and stuff. So he decides he's going to get Benjamin like the best treatment in the country. And he just decides he's like, I refuse to let Benjamin die. And she's like, it, it, you don't get to decide that. He's like, I'm going to make sure he doesn't die. And, like, at one point, he, like, he gives his dog to Benjamin, and then the dog, like, scratches him, but he can no longer coagulate his blood. <laughs> so he's, like, dying because of this guy's dog. He's like, I'm gonna let make sure that he lives. And she's like, you're gonna need a fucking miracle. And he's like, well, let's pray together then.
1: Oh, God.
0: Yeah, and anyway, so he ends up, like, calling all these specialists and... Paying lots of money and gets him on like an experimental cancer drug, and wouldn't you know it? Since what the fucking day? Mm-hmm. Okay, but then there's like these little twists where like not only is Linda, the mom of the dying kid, like trying to like be a matchmaker because like I guess she has nothing better to do with their dying kid. Um, like, her, Indy's boss is also in on it and she's like what's going on indy like why don't you want to be with him is it because you can't have children it's like at the end of the book and you're like what she's like i hadn't even thought of that but thank you um i guess now it is part of that so she tells him she's like i have one ovary and a messed up uterus (laughs) he's like what that's okay so anyway he wins like all of these races for benjamin and so it's like there, I, I know the experimental cancer treatment saves Benjamin's life but the book also implies that this like unprecedented racing um, these wins are actually what saved Benjamin um, oh and at the end my God. at the end um, it's like there's like this award ceremony and Indy shows up and he's like Indy I love you will you marry me and she's like yes but like they banged once and it was just like he was getting ready to melt her. And it was like, the next day, you're like, when? Like, nothing happened. And then, like, yeah, the whole book is, like, him basically, like, forcing her to kiss him. And, like, he, like, gets her hired as, like, his liaison. Like, he, he agrees to be, like, a spokesperson for this Miracle Network if she's his liaison. Like, he's just, like, pulling rank and using his privilege and his blackmail. Because that's NASCAR driver's duty. <sighs> NASCAR drivers have a lot of influence. And, you know, their hearts are in the right places. You might not know. But when they get their sights set on a finish line with a woman, (laughs) nothing will satisfy them until they see that checkered flag. Which is not a woman coming, but rather her deciding that she loves him enough to deal with his fucking attitude. So... Are you gonna
1: read? Okay, so I'm assuming also like mine. No fucking,
0: no fucking. It was like they finally kind of get a little like kissy on a boat when he's like, "Let me get you a sweater," and she's like, "Okay." And then, um, that's it. Changed as fuck. Yeah. Um. So,
1: you're clearly not going to read us any smut. Then, what are you going to read? I'm
0: just. I'm actually going to read like. Them going to get busy and then it's like the next thing.
1: Oh, so they actually they insinuate that they fuck in the book. Oh, see,
0: that's even spicier than mine. mine there was no, it was just like a little peck and they were like, ooh. They both have southern accents in this, so that's what you're gonna get. Absolutely good. We go chapter nineteen. Todd wasted no time. He feared she might pull away. He feared she might change her mind. So when she opened her mouth, he pounced and nearly groaned aloud. He could taste her, could feel her soft tongue against his own. But more than that, she kissed him back. For the first time, she answered his thrusts with jabs of her own, the uh, the tip of her tongue entwining with his own and just about causing him to groan. He brushed a rib with his thumb, felt her arc against him in response. Yes. (laughs) He lifted his hand higher, (laughs) gently stroking the spot beneath the swell of her right breast. This time she moaned. Their kiss grew more desperate. Todd knew if he didn't stop soon, there'd be no turning back. He'd warned her of that, but still a part of him hesitated. He pulled his lips away. Indy, he warned. (laughs) (laughs) She wiggled against him, pressed the center of herself against him there right there the sweet spot that made it his turn to moan touch me she ordered he needed no second invitation she arched against him and turned her head sideways he kissed the side of her throat sucked in the taste of her sweet flesh a mark would be left there but he didn't care it would be proof positive that this was no casual union this would be an experience unlike anything he'd experienced before this would be his first time he woke up later, much later, sometimes. Uh, sometime after their first time together, he'd found a spot and dropped anchor. He'd called the camp and told them they were staying out longer than anticipated and not to worry. They, uh, then they'd gone back to Indy's arms. He'd known she'd be a zealous lover. <laughs> no woman could give herself to things like Indy did and not be passionate in other areas of her life, but the fervor of, her, of their union took him even by surprise. And that's how it goes on. And then the next day they get a call and then uh, it's like, what's wrong? And it's like, Benjamin's sicker. And that's. <laughs> so that's the kid not- lives the whole time. He lives the whole fucking time. But here's the kid. The kid. Okay. The kid's like, "Andy, you'd better go on that boat. You better <laughs> go on that boat with Todd Peters because I'm not using you. She's like, uh. No, I, I really don't want to, Benjamin. I, I'd like to go to sleep now. I've been <laughs> on a plane for a long time. And he's like, no, no, go to the boat with, the, with Todd Peters. She's like, fine, I'll I'll go for you, Benjamin. But could you please let me take you back to the cabin first? And he's like, no, no, I'm just going to watch the water. I'm just going to watch the water here with this dog here, Licks, Todd Peters' dog. And she's like, okay. So the kid watches them go to the boat. And then later it's like, the mom's like, well benjamin said you were on that boat on that it's like well was he watching the boat <laughs> but then i guess like the dog got excited i guess while they were fucking and scratched the kid and the kid's like oh no and then he like never stops bleeding <laughs> and then he's like how was your trip on the boat and like he's dying it's it was ridiculous but then okay listen the author at the end writes this little piece about how like you know, as many of you know, I lost my father to cancer this past year. And then it's like, she died. Like, he's died, her dad died, and then she's like, lastly, I'd like you to know that a portion of Total Control's royalties will be donated to the Victory Junction Gang, a camp for terminally ill children, founded by NASCAR's petty family. <laughs> so it's like, I couldn't stop reading the book because I'm like, well...
1: Am I, ins- am I insulting cancer kids? Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's a lot. I get it. No. That's so fucking funny well i'm telling you there wasn't even like compared to mine yours was super spicy because mine never even alluded to them spending any time like physical other than literally stealing a kiss or two so that is like straight up scandalous compared to what i was so i can't read right. you i cannot read you a spicy part because there literally is none but i will read you um, the part where their her cover gets blown so okay. Jake and who he thinks is Stacy. Uh, reminder, again, they're staying at these cottages together. They go into, te- they're kind of flirting with each other at this point, decide to kind of go on a little bit of a date, but don't call it a date to like a Kelsey's basically. And they're teasing, <laughs> they're teasing each other and kind of flirting back and forth. So... Let me sum up what I've learned. He was having a good time, he realized. The best time he'd had in more than a month, maybe longer. All because he'd met a woman he genuinely liked and felt comfortable with. A woman he wanted to get to know quite a bit better. She spread her hands. Oh, right. They're both from the South. So I should probably do like, go ahead. <laughs> Ticking off the points on his finger, he began, you were born and raised in central Arkansas. Att- I can't do any accents. What am I trying? Attended public schools, left the state to earn a degree in English lit in Chicago, taught high school there for a couple of years, then came back to Arkansas to work for a friend who owns a small but moderately profitable publishing company. You have one older brother, Nick, who's a computer genius and a single father. Your nephew is 14 and his name is Andrew. Your father died several years ago and your mother is married now to a man who is showing her the world. She calls you every three or four days just to tell you how happy she is and to make sure you're getting along well without her. Your best friend is married to a trucker, you live in a small apartment in Little Rock, you're beautiful and you've been freelance editing for just over a year. You have a good memory," she said, seemingly impressed by the trivial details he had remembered. That's all exactly. And then the compliment he slipped into the last, t- slip in lastly, hit her, and her cheeks warmed. I mean, most of that is exactly right. He gave her book a book, a look of exaggerated innocence. What did I get wrong? I'd like some coffee," she said, looking around for the server. It amused him that his teasing but true flattery had flustered her. Either she hadn't been flirted with in a while, in which case she must be surrounded by morons back in Little Rock, or he'd been a little too buddy-buddy with her so far. In his attempt to set her at ease and reassure her that she was safe hanging out with him, he may have neglected to convey that he found her attractive. Very attractive. Mm -hmm. After both their coffee cups had been refilled and they were alone again, he decided to press the issue a bit further, take a test run so to speak, and see how she responded. What I don't know is why a talented, competent, beautiful young woman is staying alone in her brother's cabin this week. I told you I hurt my arm and I came up here to recuperate and catch up on some work. And she said all of that while staring almost fiercely into her coffee cup to avoid meeting his eye. He had been convinced from the start that there was something Stacy wasn't telling him, that there was more to her being here than what she revealed. Listen, he was in no place to position, no position to criticize, since he'd been doing much the same thing himself. Listen, Stacy," he began, deciding this it was past time to remedy at least half of that situation. There's something I need to tell you. Oh my gosh! The exclamation <laughs> c- cut into Dick's word as a well-rounded bottle blonde in stretchy clothes and flip-flops practically skidded to a stop beside the table. I KNEW who you are!" He swallowed a groan, so much for carefully choosing his words, pasting on his patented greeting-the-fan smile, he turned towards the woman, only to find her staring open-mouthed at... Stacy? You're Anastasia Carter, aren't you? The woman demanded. I saw you interviewing on TV and your picture was in the Democrat Gazette. I cut it out and I mailed it to my niece because she takes karate or judo or something. I can never keep them straight. Jake turned his gaze slowly to Stacy, who seemed to be struggling to hold on to a polite smile. You are Anastasia Carter, aren't you? The woman insisted. Stacy nodded reluctantly. Yes, but really, I. That was amazing what you did. I mean, like the bravest thing I have ever heard about. I have been screaming my head off, totally useless, but you were just so cool and calm and you knew exactly what to do. Weren't you scared at all? Of course I was afraid. Afraid? Jack frowned. What on earth were they talking about? I mean, he had a gun to your head and he'd already shot one guy, so you had to just know how much longer you were gonna be in there, but you just kept yourself together enough to use your karate stuff. Taekwondo, Stacy murmured. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, it's no wonder the press fell in love with you. You being such a little bitty thing and all, and him being so big. And then there's, well, you know, who your dad was and all. Stacy's jaw was so tight now that Jake imagined he could almost hear her teeth grinding together. Yes, well, it's all over now. I'd just like to put the entire ordeal behind me. I'm sure you understand. The woman nodded vigorously. I do not blame you for that. Anyways, I just wanted to stop by and tell you how much I admire what you did. You are a real inspiration for women everywhere, you know? Thank you. Stacy reached for her coffee cup, raising it to her lips with both hands, a polite but not so subtle signal that the conversation was at an end. The woman took the hint. She moved away from the table, giving Jake only a fleeting glance as she passed. How you doing? She murmured absently, her attention still focused on Stacy. Shaking his head in amusement, Jake turned back to his dinner companion, who was becoming more intriguing with each moment he spent with her. Da, da, da. And then she tells him the story. And then again, he has an opportunity to tell her the truth and doesn't. And it's a. a Away she goes. So. Wow. That was the Hot Mess Express that we rode this week. Toot, toot. Now, (laughs) every week we tell people to go to our socials, Instagram, and twitter to see the covers of our books and this week is no exception because Mm -hmm. it looks like billy ray cyrus is on the cover of my book it is like startling how much it looks like billy ray cyrus (laughs) so um you're gonna want to go and check it out because you will absolutely do a double take and be like
0: old town road no not that road nascar (laughs) um so and nascar's The cars in NASCAR would never drive on an old town road. They're not made for that. They're (laughs) made for asphalt in a circle. Or NASCAR fans who like a smash-up derby,
1: then yes, that would be an old town road. But otherwise, they just like to go around in circles while watching people from their lawn chairs uh so yeah they wouldn't be listening to billy ray but legit if you could see the entirety of this man's head i'm sure there would be a rat tail circa early 90s Ooh. billy ray cyrus oh yeah it's like for that shocking so follow us on instagram and twitter continue to send us news about romance themes authors wacky stories we
0: want to hear them all And yeah, and people have been sending like great suggestions and maybe we'll like make that an actual thing that you can do as an ongoing thing. But, um, we are hearing your suggestions and they are making their way into the show. Um, we're just, we have so many episodes (laughs) ready to go. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. So what are we doing next week, Renee? Intrigue. Oh,
0: intrigue.
1: Intrigue. Intrigue. Uh, is it vague?
0: Yes. Will it be messy? Fuck yes. Will it be filthy? We hope. We hope, but you know what? I think again. You know, Harlequin is like the name, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't I can't say that I've read many Harlequins that are spicy. And I know that our intrigue books are Harlequin theme, and I actually don't know if there's going to be any um, getting it in, in these stories. Yeah, I do. so far, I don't think we've had any... Other than the early
1: 80s, which we talked about how there was a bit of a shift when um, it became easier to get access to filthy smut through the internet, Harlequin kind of decided to grab the chaste-ish market. So I think... like. Now and from, like, the mid-90s, Harlequin's gotten a little bit more vanilla, and my book is from the vanilla period. So I will be shook yeah. if it's filthy, but
0: I hope it is, because
1: it has been a minute.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what? And if, if there's nothing sexy in our books next week, well, we're going to have to come in hot and heavy after that. And you know what? what? Um, October's coming up. Oh, October, and you know... Mm-hmm.
1: You know that Renee's season is spooky season. So October is when we really, or October. Or October. Or October is coming, and we are going to be hitting you with some fucking gems in the month of October. So don't, and then it's, you know, getting into the holiday season, and there's never a shortage of books around that. Like we're just bringing you hit after hit after hit. But next week, I am intrigued.
0: (laughs) Dad joke.
1: (laughs) About what our intrigue will be, but join us and we will solve that problem together.
0: Well, this has been a time.
1: <laughs> it has been a time. Um, may uh, we never fucking read NASCAR books ever again.
0: And may I never actually learn any NASCAR driver's
1: names. <laughs> Or astronauts or fucking cyclists if we're
0: at that too. <laughs> Listen. I love you. <laughs> I would give a Shit. Shit. I know who Elon Musk is.
1: Well, that's why I was like, Renee, did you hit your head? Like, if you don't know Elon Musk, but no, we were referring to someone who actually went to space. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, you know, life is a highway.
1: (laughs) You ready, bud? I'm ready. I get it.
0: Ravage
1: love, ravage love.
0: Bye. Um, bye. <laughs> Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS The Number Two J Show. Connect with us online at Ravagelove on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com.